favorite authors, friends, and guests explore the simpler side of life. Here's your host, Amish fiction author, Tracy Fertikowski. Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Buggy Talk. I'm your host, Tracy Fertikowski. Each week, I bring you the story behind the stories along with the storytellers. For this week's episode, we have USA Today best-selling author Debbie Juicy, who will introduce us to the Amish Spring Romance Collection. Hello there, Debbie. How are you today? Oh, Tracy, I'm great. Thanks so much for having me. I so appreciate it, and I'm excited about talking with your your viewing or your audience. It's just an honor to be here with you today. Well, thank you so much. You know, um, I have not had you on the Buggy Talk before, and you are excited. I'm very excited to have you on board, and I look forward to having you on um, again in the very near future. But this today's podcast, we're going to talk about the Amish Spring Romance Collection that you went together and did with a group of authors. But before we really dig into that, just tell, tell our listening audience, What's going on in Debbie's life these days? Well, I'm writing. I had a book that came out yesterday was its launch day. So that's exciting. And I have another one in the fall that um, I'm expecting the edits back from the editor pretty soon. And then I'm working on a, a book for uh, oh, I, I'm sorry, that one's already finished. I'm I'm waiting for the edits on one that will be out in the spring of 2023. So, um, and also then I'm thinking of the next story, which will be the fall of 2023. So a lot of things going on, a lot of balls in the air, trying to keep juggling, you know, how that is. And then just having fun marketing and letting readers know about this collection that is out now. We're so excited about it. Um, It actually launches on March 1st, but the um, we're all set to, for everything to be a go on that at that time. So um, it's just an exciting time. It's a spring collection and spring is in the air. I live in Georgia, so we have flowers blooming and some warm skies. Today's cold and rainy, but we have had some beautiful warm weather, which, which goes along with this spring anthology. Oh, it certainly does. And I live in South Carolina, so I'm sure we're not too far apart from one another. And you're right, it is rainy and cold today and just sort of miserable. So it's a good day to record a Buggy Talk podcast. Wouldn't you agree? I agree completely. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. You're welcome. Well, since we have not had you as one of our guests before, I'm going to ask you a few questions about your writing career. Um, our readers, re- or our readers, our listeners really enjoy getting into the heads of their favorite authors and just learning a little more about um, your writing career. So do you mind if I ask you some personal questions about your journey? Oh, no, not at all. Well, my first question is, I love to hear when you first considered yourself a bona fide writer. Well, you know, I wrote my first book in fifth grade, so I thought I was a writer in those days. (laughs) But it took a long time before I actually got to the point where I said I was a writer. I um, I was an army wife. I was an army brat. My dad was military. We moved all around. And then I was an army wife. And when we had two small children, we lived in a farm town, lovely farm town, Kirksville, Missouri. And my husband was teaching ROTC at Truman State College or University. And um, and I decided I wanted to start pinning a few 
vignettes. Um, the ladies that I knew in that area didn't know much about army life. So I wrote a, a piece called Sisterhood about what it was like to be an army wife. And I, that was the first thing I published. It, it came out in army magazine. So I was just thrilled. I think I thought I was a writer at that point. Um, and it's interesting that first little piece of another army wife found it and she calligraphied it. And then she got with me three years later, we, we connected and she said, let's um, take this around the country and um, see if other wives are interested in, in having this. So it was given out to a lot of army wives when, oh, when they were leaving a unit or maybe new brides coming in. And it was even um, presented and performed at the White House to musical accompaniment. So that was interesting looking back to think that first very, very small piece has had such a long life. I guess it was a foreshadowing of um, that writing would be in my future, perhaps. Then we moved to Germany and there was so much to do and the children were getting um, older. So I worked in school, very active, always in my church and community. And then uh, we moved to Georgia in the 1990s and I started writing again. I felt that I wanted wanted to give it a, a really go in earnest and, and tried to um, make something of this desire that I had always had to be a writer. I started out doing freelance work, writing magazine articles and I am a medical technologist by profession. So I wrote it first for advanced for administrators of the laboratory and um, a magazine for, for, as it says, the, the administrators. And I served on their editorial advisory board for 12 years. That was very enjoyable. And then I wrote for a number of women's magazines, which I love. There's a beautiful magazine out of Alabama, Southern Lady. And I wrote for them um, always fun articles about women who were making a difference in the country. That was a, a fun time. And then I also started working on full-length fiction, and that's always been my heart to be able to uh, write a full-length manuscript. And of course, I did write one, and I went to my first writers' conference and thought for sure I'd sell it immediately, you know, that everybody would love it. And I soon realized that I had a lot to learn <laughs> and a long way to go, and that rejection sometimes came with those first steps in writing. It wasn't until 2007 that my first book came out. So that was, um, it's it was kind of a long journey, but it was a fun one. And of course, I met so many wonderful people. And um, I love the freelance aspect of it. I love the medical aspect of it. And then, of course, writing full-length fiction has just been fantastic. A dream come true, really. It sounds like quite a journey. You know, my our, not that I was in the military at all, but some of our backgrounds sounds very similar. The first writing that I actually got hired and paid for was to write a, a computer uh, program manual, a how-to manual, and then some of my first published works were in Simply Living magazine. So, you know, we from a technical writing job to a very creative um, writing about homesteading in Simple Living magazine. So um, our, our paths were sort of similar in that way. And then my dream as well was to write a full-length novel. So it um, we all each have separate journeys. But when you look back at it, we have to go through some of those writing processes before you're ready to write a full length uh, novel. So that was interesting. I think we learn at every step, don't you? And God was Uh, there the whole way. You know, he was opening those doors. That's what I always thought. There are a lot of doors. Which one do I push on, Lord? I wasn't (laughs) sure at 
times, you know, and then and then the door, the next door would open, which was wonderful. I think if it would hit all of a sudden, you're right. There was so much to learn that I couldn't have handled it. But with that beautiful way that the Lord takes you step by step by step, when it, eventually that first book sold, I, w- I was ready. And, and I felt like I was a writer at that point. Exactly. And, you know, even we talked a little bit about how, you know, I owned a, a marketing business. Had I not got had God not even put me in that profession, how would have I learned or known how to market myself as an author? So every job we've had in our past leads us to be a better writer, a better marketer, a better presenter of our own work. So we have to go through all of those steps and um, God has a way of opening those doors. And hopefully, Debbie, we will continue to open the correct doors. I think he's always putting new doors in our paths, isn't he, Tracy? And he certainly is. New opportunities and, and uh, people to, to meet, to touch, you know, to get to know and um, for us to be able to interact with them in a special way and for them to be able to help us along the journey. It's, um, it really has been a wonderful life and I I wouldn't trade it for anything. Just um, God, again, is so good. He is, he is. Well, that leads me into my next question. How about you describe what your writing space looks like? Well, I have an office on a, a lower level of our house. So my computer is there. That's my actual office. I write a fast first draft, so I use an AlphaSmart. It's a little, very portable uh, word processor. In fact, it was a small device made for special needs children. It just has a very um, small window. I think I see four lines of text when I'm writing. I have very few editorial options on the AlphaSmart. And it basically, it's just a keyboard that then um, saves the information that I'm typing. It has eight files, and each file will hold 25 pages of text when I download it into my computer, which I do. It runs on batteries. I mean, because it was special needs children, they they made it so that somebody could throw it across the room and it wouldn't break. Very, very durable. I've had mine for years and years. So I go, then I can, I'm, um, you know, I can go anywhere and, and type during that. I can go to Starbucks and sit and have a coffee and type. If my husband's driving us someplace, if we're on a vacation or something, I can sit in the passenger seat and I'm typing. I go out on my deck and take it or in the family room where maybe, you know, uh, feel a little more comfortable than at my uh, chair at my computer. So I get my first draft done that way. And then I go back, download everything into my computer, and then I do the revisions. Then I have to sit at my computer, you know, stay in my office until I get those revisions done. But uh, that's my process. It's a little different, but I really love my Alpha Smart. Oh. It makes it very mobile. And, um, and for me, you know, everybody has their own process of creating a book. I've I um I admire the women who say they get up. I have a friend who gets up every morning and writes a thousand words. And I think, oh, if only I could do that. But I can't. I have to do this fast first draft. And then I revise a lot, as you can imagine, to get the book in the in the final form. But it's the process that works for me. And we all have our processes that works for me. That was so interesting. I've never even heard of that 
that piece of equipment. And, and I've been in the techie world for 20 plus years now. So that's very interesting. So tell us, um, you told us a little bit about um, your writing space and, and what your writing day looks like. So that is cool. Um, but tell us who, what one famous author do you wish could be your mentor? Oh, there's so many, aren't there? I don't know. Um, I, I open up so many books and I think, oh, this this author is just so exquisite in her detail and her writing and her um, and and her characterization. I love Kristen Hanna. She writes big books and they're all the characters just grab me um, so much that I would love to get some information from her, how she puts her story together. Um, I also love Linda Castillo. She was the first author that I read who did Amish suspense, which is what uh, my stories are. And um, she really made me realize that I could stay within the suspense um, with the um, the romance and inspirational suspense, which I loved and had been writing, but add that Amish element to it. So the first book I wrote was about a woman who had left the Amish community and actually joined the military. At that time, I was writing a a military series. And, and so I tried my hand at that. And then she has to go back to that hometown, that Amish hometown and enter into something that happened very tragically to her in her youth. And I found that that was such a interesting combination um, of, of taking the very peace loving Amish community and having this violence or the villain coming into that that community and and of course upsetting it and causing uh, harm and whatnot and that's what I had had gleaned from Linda Castillo's book I'd love to talk to her how she puts her books together she's very very knowledgeable about Amish and um, uh, I like her style very very much and also then she was the reason that I got into writing the Amish suspense which has been very enjoyable for me and it's a world I love you know I sit down at my computer and when I'm in the midst of a story and I say, I just enter into that Amish world. Um, it is amazing how we as authors are transformed. I hope my readers are transformed as well when they're reading and they can feel that they're part of that Amish community. But as an author, I, I'm there, you know, I'm, I'm wearing my cap. I've got my long Amish dress <laughs> on. I'm making my pies. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, adding more wood to that wood burning stove I'm doing all those things and and I'm very comfortable there I just it's it's a world I love yeah and I think all of us that write Amish fiction we feel the exact same way and our readers read Amish fiction because they like to escape to that to a simpler time when life wasn't so crazy and um, that just wanting to slow down some. So um, I am right with you about getting into the story and just putting myself Immersing, my, immersing myself in whatever the plot um, that's going on. So thank you for sharing with us um, about your personal writing career. And now that's going to take us right into talking about the Amish Spring Romance Collection. How many authors um, contributed to this particular project? There are seven of us, Tracy, uh, all great authors. I'm, I'm sure the readers will find their their, their Many of them are their favorite authors that they're already reading. So I was certainly honored to be included, to be invited to have my story in with the others. Um, do you want me to read the names? Of them? I so would I would love it. And you could go ahead and tell us the title of their stories if you have okay, that right sure. there handy. Yes. 
Ivy's New Beginning is by Jennifer Beckstrand. A March, a match, sorry, for the teacher by Patricia Davids. Patricia always does such wonderful stories. They all do. Hope Blossoms by Rachel Good, another wonderful author. The Arrangement by Jennifer Spreadman. I'm actually reading that one. That's the first book in the collection. And I just got my my um, trade paper um, hardback or um, uh, the paperback um, edition that and so I started at the beginning with hers, and I love it. I, I know the readers are just going to enjoy the, the story so much. Every I read it in the evening, so every night I'm just anxious to get back to the book to, to um, see what Jennifer has um, planned for her characters that day. Then mine is Finding Her Amish Home and The Cedar Box by Molly Jeeber. Molly's a great, um, she's such a, um, a sweet, loving, she just exudes um, warmth and vitality. And I'm, I'm eager to read her story because I know it'll be just like Molly, such a good read. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, I just interviewed Molly here not too long ago, and she is a delightful person. So uh, actually, I've, I think I have interviewed everyone except for Patricia Davies. I don't think I've interviewed, I interviewed her yet, but um, each one of them, you know, we are so blessed to be surrounded by such a group of Amish fiction authors that have just a heart for their readers and a heart for a good, clean story. And um, those that follow us, we are so grateful um, because we're just as grateful to be surrounded by a group of authors um, that we can call friends. So tell us a little bit about what's coming up to um, promote this particular book and when is its release date? Release date is March 1st, although some of the people are already ordering their trade, uh, their paper copies and are getting them now, but the digital will release on March 1st. And we have a Facebook site that I hope a lot of the folks in your audience will join, and it is the, the title of the book. Um, so it, it is the Amish Spring Romance Facebook site, and you can just click on that and then ask to join. And of course, yes, we'd love for you to join. We have a lot of fun things going on, and we'll have a launch party on March 1st. That's Tuesday from 7 to 9 p.m. We'll have giveaways and and um, just some fun things for the um, the readers to help them to get to know us a little bit better and also the stories and then um, chances to win various books. We also are running for the entire month of March a um, buggy book bingo, <laughs> a lot of bees there. <laughs> and uh, so the readers can find out more information on the website as well. And again, it's going to last the whole month. Some of some folks, if they get a, a, a bingo, are going to be able to get bookmarks. And then everyone who does I it's a whole cover bingo um, can be in the drawing for a hundred dollar gift certificate from Amazon, which will be wonderful. That will end again on March 31st. So it runs the whole month and the various things the readers have to do. They have to read a book from each of the authors and then they have to write one of the authors a little note or email and have there are different things that they can do, which I think will be real uh, a lot of fun for the readers. Um, so I, I hope they will come to that Facebook site. That actually gives them the most information about what's happening and when. And they can always uh, pre-order the book. It's on Amazon. And that's a great way, especially if you have a digital copy, because as soon as March 1st comes and Amazon says, okay, we're, we're going live now, then boom, it, it arrives in your Kindle at that moment, which is, is fun. 
Oh, that's wonderful. Well, I will make sure I put that Facebook page um, link in the show notes, and um, I will put a link to the Amazon book as well in the show notes. So everyone who's listening can just scroll down and um, find it on my website. So thank you for sharing that. And we are actually going to talk about your story, which is finding her Amish home. And before I ask you some questions about your story, let me go ahead and set the scene, and I'm going to read your back matter. So this is Debbie Juicy Amish Spring Romance Collection, and her story is called Finding Her Amish Home. A match on a DNA test leads Melanie Taylor to search for her half-sister she never knew she had, but sinister forces don't want the two women to meet or to uncover the truth about their Amish mother. When danger looms, Melanie stumbles unexpectedly into Amish farmer Jacob Brubaker's sheltering arms. Jacob's affection was cast aside once before by an Englisher, and as hard as he tries to protect Melanie, he wonders if she too will break his heart. Well, doesn't that sound sort of suspenseful? And tell me, Debbie, how long did it take you to come up with your particular story? It's a, how many words is, is each story? Do you know off the top of your head? They're novellas, so they're all 20,000 or less. So a shorter read, but packed with a lot of um, great, um, mine with great suspense. And it's not a heavy suspense for the the readers who aren't into suspense. Um, it's kind of suspense light. And all the rest of the stories in the collection are the sweet romance. So I'm the only one that's writing romance for this, col- or I'm sorry, um, writing the suspense for this collection. But I think the readers will enjoy it because there's a nice romance in it as well, as you can imagine, between um, Melanie and Jacob. <laughs> I, I, um, I was at the beautician. I'll give you a little um, um, glimpse into where the story came from. I was at the beautician and I was um, waiting to get my hair done. And there was a lady who was talking to another person about her husband had done the um the DNA testing for his family and had found out that he had a um, a half sister he didn't know about. So I went up and I said, excuse me, would you mind telling me how that works? Because I've never done anything like that. And, um, but I found it was interesting. So she showed me what the paper was that he had received. And there's a certain percentage of a match that the two people have to both submit their DNA for that. So I thought, what an interesting concept for a story. So then it, at, and that was probably six months before this collection, before I was invited to be in the collection and all, all of the collection came together. But I thought, oh, I've got to write that story about um, a, a non-Amish person who is trying to find her birth family. And she she was adopted into, um, oh, a, um, a difficult home. So her her growing up was not a happy happy one. So that gives her even more reason once she's on her own to try to find this birth family and of course she submits a dna testing and um this amish woman does as well so um and there is that connection with being half sisters and the story develops from there so um i i really thought it worked well and i um the amish don't usually i don't think use the dna testing you know i think that's something outside of their realm but at this particular person there were was good cause for her to do that as well the stepsister for oh. the half <laughs> <laughs> that 
I love that you got your inspiration at your, at, you know, getting your hair done. Um, all of us, I don't think people realize how many times we listen to stories and in our own head, we're thinking, okay, how can I twist that into words? You know, how can I put that story on paper? So um, I'm glad to hear that I'm not the only one whose ears are always open to the possibility of a story just, just being held in front of our nose. So that was really interesting. I think you're right, Tracy. I think all of us who are writers, we're always in the what if, you know, we hear something, whether it's on the news or read it in the paper or over here. A, a little snippet of conversation and then you, your mind starts going with this would this work as a story <laughs> can i can i get seventy thousand words out of that <laughs> out of that little plot <laughs> so that's what goes through my head so i would love and i'm sure our listeners would enjoy that as well do you mind reading us your very first page of your story oh i'd be happy to thank you, thank you. so this is chapter one the first page I'm lost, Melanie Taylor groaned aloud as she steered her Honda to the side of the road and checked her cell phone once again. No bars, no signal, no way to access GPS. She should have realized cell coverage would be weak at best in the higher elevations of the North Georgia mountains. So much for trying to find her half-sister before dark. Reason cautioned her to turn around and head back to Mountain Grove the small town she had driven through some 20 minutes earlier. A sign on the side of the road had indicated lodging and a diner that would provide for her overnight needs. Much as she didn't want to change her plans, she had spent 22 years without knowing her birth family. She could wait one more night before her patience wore thin. Still, she didn't want anything else to stop her from connecting with the half-sister she'd only recently learned existed. The setting sun hung low in the sky and a strong wind, a strong blast of wind whipped down the mountain, buffeting her car. Hearing the clip-clop of horses' hooves, she glanced in the rearview mirror and spied a buggy approaching. A man wearing a wide-brimmed black hat tugged on the reins and pulled his mare to a stop next to her car. She rolled down her window and grimaced at the influx of cold, damp air. Dark clouds overhead warned of an encroaching spring storm, which only complicated her situation. Catching a windblown strand of blonde hair, she nodded to the tall man with broad shoulders, whose full lips angled into a troubled frown. And of course, that's our hero. <laughs> oh, that sounds wonderful. It is intriguing. And I can't wait to get my hand on this collection. And again, it comes out on March 1st. Yes. And um, everyone can find it, I'm sure, on all, all of the um, retailers. So they shouldn't have any trouble finding it at all. And um, Debbie, do you have a website that you're going to um, put this collection on? Can, can, your, can our listeners find links? to this particular story, um, either on any of your social media pages or on your website? Um, well, I, my website is www.debbiejusty.com. Juicy is a tough one to spell. <laughs> it is. It is. U-S-T-I. Um, and then, of course, on Facebook, I'm Debbie Juicy 9. I, I didn't know there were nine of us, but when I went to get my Facebook um, uh, site, that's what it, it, it is. So I hope people will uh, friend me on Facebook. I'm very active there, and I always enjoy um, connecting with readers, and I have a lot of information about the book. 
on, on Facebook. Oh, both good. At website uh, at our uh, Facebook site for the collection and then on my own site as well. Well, thank you so much. You know, I like to end our little interviews with some fun questions, and I do have a couple for you. First of all, have you met any of the authors in person from this particular collection? You know, I I have. I've met everyone, and um, we all met three years ago. I think it was 2019, that summer. There was a big Romance Writers of America convention that we were all at. And we started texting each other as we were going to the various workshops and saying, let's get together for lunch, which was delightful. Somebody found a nice um, uh, Italian restaurant. So we all met there and it was so fun because we know each other through email and and um, the various Facebook sites and things. But but to sit down and have lunch together, oh, my gosh, we laughed and giggled. And there was so much to talk about because of our common love for writing and especially Amish fiction. So it was great. And at that time, then we were all talking about doing a collection together. So then COVID hit the next year. We haven't been, I haven't been um, together with any of them since that point. Um, there, The conferences, you know, all went virtual or actually didn't, some of them didn't even occur because of COVID. So I think we're just coming out of that now, hopefully, God willing, and I think we'll be able to get back together again before too long. One of the things I miss so much is meeting readers. You know, that was, that was a highlight of my, um, of this profession really was to be able to go out and meet readers and get to know them. That, that just brings joy to my heart anytime I can. So that, of course, had to be put on hold. And I'm hoping that we'll have a lot more event reader author events, which are always uh, so fun and so enjoyable. I hope those will come up soon. They certainly are. They certainly are. And I have to ask you, you know, I absolutely love Jennifer Beckstrand's personality. She makes me laugh every time I am, um, every time I talk to her. So if you could spend the afternoon with one of the authors, who do you think you'd enjoy to spend the time with the most? You know, Tracy, that's a difficult question. It is. <laughs> answer it. I'd have to say, I'd like to go back to that Italian restaurant so we could have uh, lunch together again and we could go back to, you know, our conversations, take up where we left off three years ago and find out what's new in everybody's lives because um, I enjoy them all so much. Uh, I can't pick out one, really. You I know. know, I know. It's a hard question. I, I, I ask, I've only asked it a couple times because it really stems, it really uh, jumpstarts some other conversations. And I have to agree. I have personally talked, like I said, to every one of these authors except for Patricia. And um, each one of them is just has, we all come in different in, in different personalities, you know, Jennifer Speederman is just um, such a joy to talk to because she's just so calming. She just calms me um, when I talk to her and Jennifer makes me laugh. And Rachel is just so full of knowledge. Um, Molly Jebber is just a bubbling personality that you just you you can't help but love. So, again, all of them, like you said, um, are delightful to be around and um, I'm sorry I put you on the spot like that 
<laughs> but well, tell us, Debbie, uh, you, we mentioned a little bit in the beginning of our interview that you had a love inspired um, book that just released. Tell us a little bit about that. And then we will plan on getting you on board um, to talk more in depth with that. But how about you introduce um, our listeners to your latest release with love inspired? Thank you, Tracy, for mentioning it. It's Smugglers in Amish Country, and it released yesterday, as I mentioned, which was an exciting time. That was the Tuesday, right? Everybody had that two, 22. <laughs> 22. So unique, wasn't it? Let yeah. me read the for you. Uncovering, okay. uncovering secrets in this Amish town could deliver deadly consequences. When the robbery suspect she's tracking begins attacking delivery girls in Amish Country, Officer Marty Summers must go undercover as bait, with ex-cop Luke Lehman's niece as one of the targets. This case is personal. After all, Marty's rookie mistake ended with Luke injured and another officer dead. But can the, the two former colleagues stop a deadly smuggling ring before Marty becomes the next victim? I, what I like about this story was um, the hero had been a cop in Atlanta. Both of them were police officers in Atlanta. And he had been hurt, as it said uh, in the blurb. And then he's coming out of the hospital and he has a long rehab ahead of him. And he knows he can't go back to the police force because of his leg injury that he has. And at that time, his sister and brother-in-law have been um we're in a buggy accident. And so they have passed and the three nieces and nephews, he's been asked to come and to be their short-term um, guardian until the um, the community can pick um, a family that will take them in. So he is this um, macho cop going back into the Amish world that he left when he was a young man and then having the three children. I love that to not dynamic with the, the young children and and the little girl just steals my heart. I hope she does the readers as well. And of course, um, Luke, uh, Luke's trying to navigate, navigate being a parent, a guardian, uh, when he doesn't know children very well. And then Marty comes in. She um, is following a criminal um, that was part of the initial um, crime in Atlanta and follows him to this Amish country and runs headlong into Luke and they combine forces to try to find the villain, find out what's happening to the Amish girls in the neighborhood. So there's a, a lot of uh, um, suspense in it and danger, but also there's a lot of heartwarming um, love and romance. And of course, there's always a spiritual element in my story. So um, I hope readers will pick it up and see if they like like my work. Oh, it sounds interesting, and I'm sure that they will. Um, Debbie, before we sign off, is there anything you would like to say to your readers? Well, I, I'm always so grateful. You know, um, the support, the readers, their support is just amazing. And whenever I see a, a, um, a comment on Facebook or somebody sends me an email or I get a letter, I, I'm just so touched that people that they enjoy my stories. You know, I write them. I think God inspires me. He helps me. I, whenever I'm stuck at a certain place in a manuscript, I'm always taken to prayer, you know, and the Lord provides um, a, a new twist and a plot point or whatever I need or to see my character more clearly. And I love that, that people, that those stories that 
are important to me also resonate with the readers. Um, again, I'm just so grateful. I, I'm touched. I'm moved. I'm honored. Uh, I'm blessed. No doubt about it. Oh, I couldn't agree. So thank you so much, Debbie, for spending time with us this week. And I look forward to hearing more about your future projects so that we can get you back on the Buggy Talk podcast. And that wraps up this week's episode. I encourage you to visit my website at tracyfredikowski.com to see a complete list of all the podcasts from some of your favorite fiction authors and all the great books they add to the Amish landscape. 